I only know 25 letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. Dad Mind Matters, helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds. Two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday. Hi there, my name's James, and thank you so much for checking out my podcast, Dad Mind Matters, helping men to safely navigate family life without losing their minds. In this podcast, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Mike Edwards, and we'll be talking about the effect that male absence has on society. And you may recognise him for the time he appeared on Dragon's Den as the inventor of the Snuggle Bundle, which is an amazing invention that I really wish that we had had when our kids were small. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, well, I'm Mike Edwards. I have a company called Snuggle Bundle. It's a baby blanket. It was invented by two dads. Uh, my friend and my wife helped build the business. And it basically uh, works like a hammock. It's a wrap. When you open it, the two handles, you can lift the baby to sleep and put it in the car seat without even waking it up, etc. It's been on Dragon's Den, News Women, the Summer Mayo Show, the One Show, um, and a few other shows I can't remember. So that's who I am regarding the business side, but I have a very great interest in men's issues. For example, when I went to Africa with my wife, um, we stayed at a, an actual tribe. It wasn't a planned thing, it wasn't a tourist thing. And it was fascinating to watch how smooth everything went with everyone knowing their roles and what their jobs were there was no prisons and no police mm. and all the boys were given responsibility and they were guided by the elders uh, and i thought that was quite astonishing because when we went from there to mombasa which is a city there were lots of young boys sniffing glue and, and looking you know in gangs and looking rather lost and i thought what's the major difference and i realized it was because they had no fathers around They'd left yeah. their tribes, their their peer group was their other men, you know, and young men at that, you know. So that sort of led me to think, well, there's something very interesting about males and their importance in society. And I went then from um, from there years later, as part of Snuggle Bundle, we won a massive competition with Barclays Award for the most innovative products. And I was sitting next to Tim Lawton, who was the family's minister at the time. And I was saying, you know, it's, it's incredible how many men in prison come from fatherless homes. Yeah. And he said, far more than you think. You know, he said, I said around 76%, he said about 90%. And not only that, females as well, a majority of prostitutes um, are actually from fatherless homes. And I remember thinking myself, most men, even if they had a father who wasn't separated from their mother, spent most of their time out of the home. In my case, I had a father who worked in uh, the oil rig, so he was away for months at a time. And um, my mother just managed to bring up five children on her own, basically. Wow. And so as a man, you, you almost get to think that the mothers are invincible and they can do everything, yeah. they can manage everything. And so when I had my children, uh, you know, I was going to work, I was working 60 hours, up to 60 hours as a teacher. And my part of the time, Arabella, she says, oh, she said, um, you need to spend more time with your daughter, Thea. And I remember thinking, and I looked her straight in the eyes. And I had no idea, by the way, of my importance as a father. I just thought it was the woman's job. That's what I've been brought up to believe because my father was always absent. And, um, and I said, well, but you've got the breasts. You know, really thinking I was of no use because yeah. I wasn't a woman and I didn't have breasts except, you know. And so I did spend more time with her, and it was fantastic. And I started to learn the value of, of being around her, because when I took her to the park, I could spend ages on the swings with her, whereas 
uh, mother's often very busy with household tasks. They want to get back and get a job done, and they're looking at the yeah. Clock, you know, they've got an inventory of things that need to happen before. Exactly, you know, men are a bit more relaxed and less stressed about getting things done. To be honest, I always say that men are like lions. You know, we sit around doing nothing. The next <laughs> thing you know, the flipping skyscraper bill. You know, yeah, um, and it, and, it, and it is true. And um, but I was looking at some stats today, which are very interesting. And it says here, you know, for example, in Britain, the seventy-six percent it still says those figures are, you know, fatherless homes. Uh, sorry, of men in prison. Sorry, and it says that if you have a fatherless home, you, you know, women are likely to have self-esteem issues, more likely to have eating disorder issues, more likely to have depression, more likely to find it difficult to build and maintain relationships more sexually active earlier and also made him more likely to, you know, to um, get, get into addiction. And I also noticed that when I looked at the stats that the households, you know, a lot more than twice as many households have fatherless homes. And then if you take it further, you know, um, if you have a fatherless home, you're more likely to be vulnerable and open to uh, exploitation and abuse. And a good example of fatherless homes really matter is in America because there's a disproportionate amount of crime and murders amongst the black community. And 67% of the black community alone have fatherless homes. If you have fatherless homes, if you yeah. have those kind of issues of breakups and divorce if, and so on, if you, if you don't have... things going wrong are much if, higher. If you don't have a role model, it's as simple as that. One of the things I do, I coach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to children and oh, yeah. my children, two of my boys go to the classes and I still struggle with their behaviour. I honestly don't know how a child, how a boy, or actually a boy or a girl, would have any idea of how to be in the world without two role models to know what to do. What do we expect they're not led and shown well they're going to copying a really bad model of behavior and that might lead to crime and all sorts of things that are not going to benefit their life well yeah i mean to back that up there's uh, in, a, in i remember when i was studying this issue that uh, in south africa that young bull elephants were suddenly attacking and killing rhinoceroses and the villagers had never seen this before and it turns out that they called all the male elephants later on you know a much uh, generation before and these young bull elephants had no guidance so they were literally yeah. out of control. Yeah. And so they, they changed the policy to never just kill the male bulls, but to, to, to take our whole herd if the population grows. I think it, it, it's obviously it's important, ideally, to have a good relationship with your father. But I don't think it necessarily... Ha I think you can still have a relationship with a, a positive man. For example, I had rugby coaches who were massively influential, school teachers who were influential. And even now, I mean, I'm 46, the head coach at... <laughs> who teaches me jiu-jitsu there's an element he's he's guiding me through a process i think there is an opportunity a need more than than ever for men in the community to kind of fill this void of 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 just a lack of men yeah and i think i think you're right and i i, I think there's um how can i put it there's there's a mistake about masculinity you know what we interpret as masculinity i mean for me my uncle was a very gentle guy but my father was very violent and um my mother would take every opportunity to tell us when we're if ever we did anything wrong, we're just like a father, you know. So when you grow up with male shame and you can grow up with a uh, distrust of males, you yeah. know what I mean? Even men can do that. So it's like um, this doesn't bode well for relationships with other men either or trusting other men. And I grew up thinking, you know, for example, I, I just didn't trust other men. I was fearful of them. My father was quite violent. My, my mother filled me full of male shame. And um, I sort of portrayed this into distrust of other men for quite a while. It took me a long time to look at a guy who looks tough, you know, put his 
put me on his shoulder and sort of appreciate his masculinity for just being strong. Yeah. Before I would have feared that, but I did a lot of work and realised actually a, a really good influence on me was my son's grandfather. He was a, he was a giant of a man, but a lovely guy and very gentle. And he had complete control of his masculinity, you know, and he was present, you know. Well, that, a, a strong son, man won't feel the need to. I mean, the people I see in a martial art background you know they they don't impose or bully other men because they've got nothing to prove they've not it's an insecure man with a very 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 fragile ego who will look for for altercations someone who is confident in themselves other in the business world or just who they are as a person doesn't feel the need to be constantly proving what they are or who they are well this this is this is exactly what i'm, I'm, I'm sort of getting to really is that uh it's really important, I think, for, for young males to understand that being a male comes with it responsibility, comes with it uh, an etiquette and um, a way of being, which doesn't have to be violent, you know, yeah. uh, and doesn't have to be fearful of other men. The children I, I, I help coach, <clears throat> there's an, I have an opportunity and an obligation to, if I can, show them how to be a man, you know, even if it's just in, in the... 45 minutes twice a week class just how to carry yourself how to treat other people treat other people respect have have pride in yourself i mean it's hard enough installing that in, in my children who i am who i live with i honestly can't imagine what how difficult it would be for a woman to bring up boys i just on her own i i don't think you know there'll, there'll be women who are doing a fantastic job but i just think it, it it's a very very important role that you can't you can't escape well, there's a famous uh, author on dad's uh, subject, and I forgot his name because it's about 10 years ago I looked at this book. As you get older, your memory's not what it used to be. But he was great, and he said, if you want to be a juggernaut driver, you want to learn via a juggernaut driver. You know, and males need male guidance, and I, I don't think the society really appreciates that enough. No. I don't think, you know, we never think, for example, when court cases, you know, making sure that the man sees his child we don't see that as an as an important issue. And men and boys, I always said, you know, I used to be a teacher, and I always say that there should be what should be taught in school is gender appreciation. Yeah, and understanding. You know, it's like for example, you know, my wife she does most. She, we have a quite a traditional relationship. Before her, I was with for eighteen years uh, a person who was more of a feminist. You know, in my sort of newer relationship with my wife Heidi, it's like she would do most of the cooking, the cleaning, everything. But if she wants some milk, I'll go and get some milk. Yeah, it's, if she wants me to, to, to it's put a team, isn't car, it? It's a team. It's a team, you know, and, the, and she doesn't necessarily want to keep leaving her jobs and go outside. I don't mind doing that. So to me, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's about appreciating and never taking for granted what the other does. My previous relationship, I felt like I could have chopped wood all day, but I felt like I would still be judged as though I had got away with the housework, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you've only ever got 50% of the votes, basically. You can, you can be the best yeah. husband on the planet. And if someone has decided that you aren't whatever they if they think you should be, you're stuffed. Because I feel very lucky. I mean, my wife, my wife, she's a, a primary school teacher. She works full time. <laughs> I work full time. I have to do. I do the majority of the school drop offs and the pickups because it, because that works in and around my other work. Um, so I feel I'm very lucky to have a very close relationship with my three children. And I also feel they're getting a balanced idea, hopefully, of how to carry yourself in in the world as a man. For, for my boys, I want them to grow up seeing how I treat their mother, and also that. You, you get stuck in and you, as you said, there's not man's work or woman's work. There's just work. 
there's just work that needs to yeah. be done. It worries me because it, it worries me more so the world will look like when my children are, are, are adults. I have no idea. I, I think to an extent we need to slightly try take taking the power back sounds a bit militant, but I think I think we need I kind of hope it will revolve. I kind of help I think we've got to a point where we've we've seen this model isn't working. It just isn't working. No. Um <laughs> I don't think that two um, two parents should have to work full time in order no. to just survive. It's asking too much to do that and expect to be a fantastic parent. You you have a finite amount of energy and time. Um, and I think all, I think also women have it hard because like when they had feminism, it wasn't feminism to appreciate what they do in their relationships. It was feminism to say we should have men's jobs. Yeah. Now that's all right and that's good and they should have that. But what's happened is, as my wife puts it, is they've just got two jobs now. Yeah. Because they, 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 they sort of feel a natural, natural inclination to, to be homekeepers and look after things and make sure jobs are done at home, you know, and look after the kids. And they've got a natural ability of scheduling and make sure everything's done in time and organised, you know. And it's also playing to your strengths, isn't it? Men haven't got that. Obviously, they have. But what I mean is, because men and women are different, I think, in terms of noticing things and, and what have you, but a man can do the same if he's put in that spot. And a woman can do a lot of what a man does if she's put in that spot. But what I'm saying is that I often said, to me that what happens is we end up doing two jobs we end up doing the homekeeping in most of the cases or yeah. more of the time as well as our job you know that we've got the rights to do now etc so i think and, and I, I do i do think you're right what's going on in society now is very difficult because you've got this a lot of stress there isn't enough money on one income now easily there's a lot of stress and kids aren't seeing enough of the parents they're having more time on the screen than they are having fun together. Uh, so there are a lot of things which are not healthy at all. It's very interesting. I don't know if you've heard of Jordan Peterson. Women, you know, people say we want complete equality in, in the workplace. And he said, but well, in that case, we should have 50%. 50% of bricklayers should be women. 50% of labourers should be women. You don't actually want that. You're cherry picking. And it's a good point. And I think I think it's okay to let a man be good at what a man naturally has in his skill set instead of seeing it as a threat it's a shame that we can't celebrate that i certainly think that a lot of mental men's mental health is just because i don't know what you want society's telling you i should be x y and z okay well i'll try i might not do a very good job i, I might frustrate and you'll end up doing it again it's confusion <laughs> i think that's what it is it's like and this is a big generalization but i think men are doers Sometimes you just want to know what to do. I mean, that's one of the reasons I wrote the book yeah. in the first place is sometimes you feel like, I just don't know what to do. I've got the energy and, and I've got the conviction, but I just feel a bit useless. I feel a bit like I'm in the way. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I mean, I work in the baby trade and part of my spiel I often say to people is that the hardest part of having a newborn baby and a parenting is not being able to get anything flipping done. Yeah. And what's going on there is that the woman who's had the baby often, in, she'd lived for millions and millions of years, you know, billions of years probably, having a whole community around her. And so she's got this instinct to nest while she passes the child on and get jobs done. The baby's got the instinct, what's called the moral reflex, of not being put down. They'll suddenly wake up, you know. Um, and so you've got this constant friction at home now for the women that wouldn't have been there hundred, even just yeah. hundred years ago. And then the bloke is now having to be the community. And he's, he's like, what? <laughs> he's not 
necessarily equipped to be all the 15 15 year old women that will be around the the new mother you know what i mean yeah i can't be 15 and, and so things for element you of, of confusion i mean that's why i said to my partner but i don't have the boobs you know uh, it's like that that's sort of part of it that was me being totally confused you know and not understanding why i'm having to do all these things that i thought i didn't have to do because i've been working as a teacher six hours a week you know what i mean yeah uh, and so then you feel guilty and, and and you know i think i think there's this natural inclination as well um for this community this is a natural thing you know or if you were going to kenya you stay in the tribe the men do what they do and the, the ladies do what they do and it all works well you know i'm not saying you know it should it should be like that if anyone wants to do different jobs that's fine what i'm saying is that you know suddenly in the modern society we all live in this one box no community you're having to bring a child up but you can't get a job done because there's no one to pass the baby yeah. to you know and the bloke who, who if, if he is the bread owner, he might not be the bread owner, but let's say if he is the bread owner, suddenly he's in this in this position of, of being needed for something he's a bit more confused about it, it, it doesn't work does it because she hasn't got the help she wants as you said we, we are you know as mammals, we are designed, and we spoke. We're tribal. We're supposed to live in in communities of fifty to one hundred and fifty, mm. not thousands of. And that's the problem. You know, the bigger the the bigger the community, there's only a certain number of relationships you can have. And I think when we get, we become very insular, as you said, because your wife doesn't or, or your partner doesn't get to see a lot of the people. You end up having to be all of these different roles. You can do some well, you, you can't do some well. And, I, and I, is society telling us that we have to be everything? And it's that that's not it's not okay just to say I'm going to be this role and that's what I'm going to do and do it brilliantly. Like no no no, you've got to do this and you've got to do, you've got to do it, you've got to do it all, you've got to do everything. Yeah, I, if if I'm confused now, what will my sons think? I hope it's revolved. I feel we're in, I feel we're in a bit of a tipping point in lots of ways. I think it's a little bit like the end of the Roman Empire, and they always say if you look at the end of an empire behavior gets very strange it gets very very free and i think in the same way that you know there's massive changes in financial system and just i think we're at that point potentially and i yeah, hope I, it think, goes- I think you're absolutely right i think you're absolutely right and i think i think there's a there's a turning point at the moment people want to almost get back to growing their own food getting off grid and yeah and being more in a community i mean i live in portugal and i can't tell you the swathes of people moving here at the moment because here you can still buy land cheap you know you can have solar energy etc you can uh, put a, a, a a borehole in and things like that you can still you know you can get away and actually escape the madness of the towns etc you know but unfortunately it's like everything else it's, it's the trust hippies that come with the people who've got a bit of money <laughs> and yeah. don't have to work you know but now with the open world with the internet you can actually do a lot more than you used to be able to you know but it's i do think there's a move towards people wanting community again i do think there's a rejection almost of what's going on now this insular environment you know and and people wanting to to have more community again i think it's an instilled instinct that we're all feeling is somehow been taken away from us it, yeah it's not it's not working people want time freedom you know they're very people are very time poor there's no point in having millions in the bank if you can't spend it i mean you can't take it with you it's um no what do i you want i want this man in the graveyard well yeah exactly <laughs> uh, I, uh portugal's lovely and i and we actually used to go to the algarve probably a couple of times a year as I was growing up. I'm, I'm not surprised that a lot of people are thinking to emigrate and move away because Britain's a bit of, it seems to be a bit of a sorry state at the moment. It's just a bit, I mean, certainly where I work in Brighton, 
It's just a bit sad. It's just a bit grotty. Just the number of shops and businesses have closed up, and it just it's just a shame. Yeah, I think I think Britain's just overcrowded. To be honest, I saw a lot of reasons why people are leaving. I mean, I used to drive from because I used to live in Brighton as well. I used to drive from Brighton to Derby, where I come from. It used to take me three and a half hours. I don't think I can do it less than four and a half, five hours. No, my my uh, wife's family are from Loughborough, so not not too far away from you. Yeah, I mean, I love where we live. We live in Saltdean, which is five miles along the coast. Before I before I forget, I want to say thank. Thanks so much for your support with the book. I really appreciate it. It's really kind of you to support it. No problem at all. It's a good book. You know, I want to sort of promote the same issues you do, really. I do think it's really important to understand, you know, how to be a dad. As I say, it's like gender appreciation and, 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 and knowing, you know, what. I mean, it's quite interesting that, you know, the subject of invention is quite interesting because something like 98% of all inventions about men, it's not because we're more intelligent. It's because we're lazy. You know, yeah. when a man has a child, what I used to do, I couldn't be just carrying it all day, my daughter all day. So I'd put her in a, in a chair and she'd love to watch the washing machine going round and round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we tend to get, because it's a slight, slight laziness, but then, as I say, we'll build a skyscraper. How was it being on the Dragon's Den, just as an experience? Well, when you've been a school teacher, it takes a lot to scare you, you know. Yeah. Um, I was a teenage school teacher as well at that, so... But it was, a, it was a fantastic experience. It's not what people see on the TV. You know, you go in there, you're in there for about one and a half, two hours being grilled. Um, all I was worried about, to be honest, is getting the figures wrong, you know. And, and But I, luckily, they didn't sort of push me too much on that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a great it's product. I mean, it is. I kind of feel I've, I'm kind of annoyed that we don't have children to, to use it. Our kids, are, you know... <laughs> The two it's, biggest it's, comments we get is, I wish I had one of these, that, which is why I got yeah. involved because I wasn't the original inventor of this. I have inventions of people come to me with ideas. And this was a friend of mine who lived a couple of uh, doors down, and he said, I've got this idea. And he showed it me. It wasn't what it is now, but it was close to what it is now. And, um, you know, I said, wow, you know, I used to be a teacher to walk up down the classroom all day long, all day long walking down the classroom. And then when I got back at night, my daughter had a very, very, very sensitive moral reflex. So every time I tried to get my hand there, she's snoring away, trying to get my hand away, she'd wake up and scream, and I'd be walking up and down the plank all night, you know. So the, the biggest comment we get from uh, experienced parents like yourself is, I wish these were out when I had my children. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the second biggest is from people who bought one who weren't so sure because they they're not had the baby, they're not the experience, they said it's the best product they had. I'm not surprised because actually the the holy grail when you are a parent is sleep. That's the one thing that no one you you have no idea. I think if anyone, I think the, I think the population of the planet would be much smaller if if parents actually knew the the tsunami of of sort of <laughs> exhaustion that was on the one route. So any way of preserving sleep and getting your child to sleep is like it's it's nothing else is is as important as that. In any way. No, no, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's God's sent. But going back to what I was saying, it's like, that's why we used to have whole tribes of a baby. You know, we used to have a whole community. Yeah. Well, suddenly, two of you, both working probably full-time as well, are suddenly with this child that has an instinct not to be put down. Yeah, it's just too much. But it's, it is too much for two people. I think you're right. Well, when I was a teacher, I remember thinking, you know, there's a reason why two adults don't have, like, 30 children. Yeah. Because it's hard enough for two or three, you know. Yeah. Um, so when I used to stand in front of a class of 30 people, I think, you know, this is crazy. It's like, you know, if I've got one child that's disrupted, they can mess up the whole class. You know, you've got 30 potential disrupted children. 
and it's it, a real art to keep those children I, I really admire teachers I've done I've been a teaching assistant and a learning mentor my wife's a teacher and I and I did a, I, I started a year of teacher training and thought do you know what I honestly I don't think I can do this and I actually well you did the right thing sorry <laughs> you did the right thing I was a teacher for 13 well, I can, years they, what they often say if you, um, those who those who uh, uh, those who can teach those who can't teach teach PE and I could, I always coach sports. I've coached rugby and martial arts, and because it is, PE teachers are really, really good, and um, they're very highly educated as well. What I'm going to say, um, the um, the thing for me when I went into teaching, because I used to work in child therapy before with boys, and we used to take the likes of the James Bulger killers, you know, and uh, um, give them what was called uh, regressive therapy and nonviolent communication skills, and we'd turn them around within two years, you know. Um, but then I went into teaching, and despite all the hard work and aggression of work in child therapy with kids that would literally have to hold for an half an hour sweating, you know, with a, because they're aggressive and so on, you know, and trying to hurt you. It, I, I remember being, and I thought, wow, and I've been in the army where I've seen grown men crying, you know, when you've been yeah. kept away for days, kept awake for, for days, and you've been digging trenches, and you've, it's been raining for three days, and it's cold, you know. And I've seen grown men crying. But I've never seen so many people crying in the teaching profession. When, when I went into those staff rooms and saw the stress levels. So for me, even the worst teacher, I still have respect for. Yeah. Because it's a bit like going over the pulpit over and over again, having seen your friends go down. Do you know what I mean? It, it is tough work. Well, it's, it, I think you're right. It, to an extent, the trying to manage 30 children, um, it, it, that is a tough crowd. I've done, I've done a little bit of stand-up comedy in my past and nothing is as scary. <laughs> Being a teacher is a million times harder than that because they are a tough crowd. They are, kids are, and as you said, it's, it's, it, it, it's, there's, there's two who, you've got a couple of gifted and talented, you've got a couple who basically, if they want to kick off, that's, you know, and you've put these poor 26 kids in the middle who are just doing as they're told, um, mm. who might you know the whole day might you know and the number of times that we were out in the in the playground because a couple of kids had were throwing chairs around the, you know and you just thought this is ridiculous but i think that's what it is so, you know that's another subject isn't it boys at school <laughs> yeah i because boys I think have, they, you know, the age of like three or four their hormones double makes them like racing car drivers right everywhere and um and schools just tell them to sit down all day and that's you know they they don't do well at school in comparison to the girls generally, and then they equal at university. And I think it's because they live literally live in a physical world until about sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I'm not yeah. saying all of them; just saying. Oh, no, I think you're right. The boys are kinesthetic. Is it kinesthetic learners? They just they yeah, learn by yeah. doing stuff. I mean, just yeah. looking at having a being a parent of of da- uh, daughter and two boys. They can they couldn't be more different. The boy the boys are like having two small puppies around yeah. you know and they're just too <laughs> absolutely just everything you know you you don't go 10 minutes without something being spilt or broken or you know it, it's what it is um <laughs> they but, say um, don't they that that boys fill the room with energy and girls full of emotion yes we yeah we i can i can see that you know as my daughter gets older it, it, it's more emotional it's more uh, I sometimes don't know why I'm in trouble, whether it's my daughter or my wife. I'm just like, could be anything. Yeah. Who knows? 
You know, um, uh, they did this study with these kids. I think they were about five years old. There's about 20 of them, 10 girls and 10 boys. And they used to have two long tables separate, and they had plasticine exactly the same on each table. And the moment they sent those children, they all ran in. The girls split off to one table. The boys split off to another. And after about two hours, we went. they went to look at what was on the table. And the girls are all made pretty things, whatever, you know, and little cutouts of dresses and the plasticine or flowers, etc. The boys' table, there was nothing recognisable. Every bit no. of plasticine had been smashed up. Because yeah. they were just testing the physical properties of it. How hard can you hit it? You know, how much will it yeah. stretch? You know, it was a totally different, uh, you know, perspective. Like you say, it was very kinesthetic. It wasn't about, you know... Uh, understanding the material in a different way, you know, it's it, 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 in one side it was mainly aesthetics, and it was about you know working a relationship with the you know material. On the other side, it was about how strong is material, how much can it stretch, yeah. how, many can, how much can it compress, how far can I throw it? You know, a very different approach. And I suppose instead of trying to tell off a child for doing something that they're just naturally pre-designed to do, you need to we need to celebrate that. I think we're, we're trying to force boys and girls to be things, and men and women to be things they're not designed to be, and that's obviously where you have problems. Yeah, and um, it's accepting those, like if you're a Tom, Tom girl or whatever, Tom boy say, you know, you've got an effeminate side, it's okay to accept that, you know, but in terms yeah. of generalities, there are differences. No, it's been really interesting talking to you. I think, and actually, that's something I think that a lot of men miss. It's very sad how many men just say, I don't have any friends, I don't have any male friends to talk to. I'm lucky, I, lo- I work with my best friend and I and I'm, I really have struggled through things like the pandemic if I hadn't had other men to talk to because sometimes like I don't really want to burden my wife with this because she's got her own stuff and also to an extent is it is it really okay you better I'm finding it better off confiding in other men because you're like well, there's no judgment here and I think it's sad how many men just like I don't have that which is why I think listening to podcasts is a massive growth market and a lot of for a lot of men predominantly yeah definitely and I used to be part of a men's group in Brighton actually and that was great and it was a real therapeutic thing where we'd enact argument and, and we'd tell the people perhaps you know what they're not li- noticing in their partners and so on yeah you know or if they had issues with women we'd sort of pull them up and say you know that's not to do with women that's to do with your your feelings about your relationship with x y and z you know and it was really good because i think it was called warrior work now men we'd rather have a fight with somebody and talk about our feelings yeah, yeah, yeah. or show emotions or go to deep dark space, you know, in terms of like feeling those emotions. And that's why it was called warrior work because a man who's fully um, aware, if you like, is able to sort of feel his feelings rather than ignore them yeah. and deal with them and, and, and seek help where needed, you know. Anyway, because we've only got a few minutes on the subject of absent fathers, I think it's really important to know that if a man doesn't see his child or a mother decides for him not to see them, neither have any idea what damage they're doing no i think I you're think right and the problem is is that but at the time you find out it's too late because you've done the damage you can't this is why i think gender appreciation classes should also include you know separation and importance of, of the role models of each gender yeah and the presence well, of each gender we can't be the only people thinking and having these conversations that's they will no. surely there'll be people who often go it's not really working is it or there's got to be a better way <laughs> I, we can't be the only people having and i just hope that having these sorts of and you know it's just really nice to talk to you just really interesting to get another man's perspective because i think people are terrified to talk about these subjects for fear of sort of being accused of being i don't know 
I don't know, really. That's the problem. You, you just you don't know what you're going to be accused of. And I think it's okay just to say, to not be so polarized and say, listen, we can have a conversation. It doesn't have to be you're right, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. It's just, yeah. No, it's just, again, it's about appreciation. It's about, you know, when he goes out and chops wood all day, appreciate that. And when she does work for him or for the house or the kid, appreciate that. You know, it's about appreciating each other's roles. It's, it's all equal. It's not, yeah, it's, it's all, all the equal. same. Yeah. yeah. I set up this podcast because I'm trying to create an online community to support parents, specifically dads, and specifically dads like myself who often struggle with their mental health. If you like what I'm trying to do, please follow this podcast. Or if you watch this on my YouTube channel, please hit subscribe. Dad Mind Matters, helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds. Two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday. My book, First Time Dad, a 42-week guide to pregnancy, is available in Kindle and paperback form on Amazon and an audiobook form on Audible. To sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website, www.dadmindmatters.com.